swear I had we six. Had, we had a very long... I had seven because of magnet school. Yeah, because you're a smart boy. No, I'm dumb boy Did who, you learn who how gave to... in to capital, capitalist America's institutions. <laughs> Did you <laughs> learn how to make are, magnets? Though. I think you're smarter than the average person. Yeah, like you know how to make magnets and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't ask me right now. <laughs> What's... um. What does a positive magnet do? It's it gives you compliments. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> no, that's the plus on the end of the LBGTQ. That's the positive that's magnet. The plus. <laughs> it's a, it's for, for positive magnets. And so anything that's negative that comes by it. That, that's a Trump supporter. <laughs> it, pull, it pulls them in and makes them LGBTQIA. <laughs> that's, that's truly the conservative... Um, nightmare. What that that gay people are? I mean, in that way, contagious. Indoctrinate. Yeah, indoctrinate you when you walk. Like, I mean, that's the fear. I think a lot of a lot of people have, where like just the presence of being around someone who's gay will make you gay and make you godless. If if you're that insecure with your sexuality, and it's you not think about just being, being insecure, it's being, about being around a gay person will make you gay. Guess what? You're fucking gay. <laughs> 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 or at the very least bisexual did you see the um, picture on reddit that said racism is gay like it was spray painted <laughs> onto a rock <laughs> no i didn't see that <laughs> i think like the, the caption was not perfect but in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i was up at the ranch at oregon one of the guys who was like one of the neighbors he was talking about how there was a there was a gay couple that moved in next to him and um these guys not the gay couple but everyone else are very bigoted uh, mm -hmm. and he immediately said like like listen like as long as they don't get near me and do anything around me they're they're fine where they are and i'm just thinking like what 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 are they gonna do like they're gonna say like, hi they're are they gonna... just gonna put their pants down <laughs> yeah. while they're near you no yeah. gay, gay people what we do to straight people is we just walk around and we splooge in everyone's face oh so like you know, like if a straight person gets too close to us we just splooge on them see i've never been to a gay bar but if that's what's promised to me then i might head down oh there. you got some bukkake going on there mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I walk I in like, oh, I heard there's splooge. <laughs> I, I, under, I never understood straight people that say that that say uh, if gay people are around around straight people or straight kids, they're going to turn the kids gay. I just I I've never understood that. Alex Jones think they're turning the frogs gay. Alex Jones is up his own ass. Is the he's, intellectual he's, of the century? No, that's Joe Rogan. Sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. Alex Jones is gay. How do you know? Because he's up his own ass. I thought he was because he's racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, racists can if if racists are Christian, they don't believe they're going to hell no, for having think, evil in right. their heart for their fellow man that would that would imply that they have some sort of self awareness awareness of <laughs> well, well they, there are they plenty do. Of they're very self-aware yeah. they're very self-aware that's all they're thinking about is their uh, self well there are plenty of racists who know they're racist they just think it's a good thing 
<laughs> um, but in that case, they think it's like godly. See, I, I, I don't get that. Oh, because Jesus teaches you how to treat your slaves. I, no, maybe. that's uh, the founding fathers teach you how to treat your slaves. Both are very good role models. And the Constitution was given to the founding fathers by God. So, right, just like the plates. God can't be wrong. Mm hmm. Well, I'm Blake. This is Dinner with a Movie. <laughs> and I'm joined by Brandon. And we're joined by Jose. And this week we're talking about a little old movie, a very little old movie called God Said Ha. Yeah. Picked by I, Brandon. I have a correction to make from last week's podcast. Oh, I know what the correction is. Yeah. Yeah. I know no what the correction the is. Movie. No, Julius no. Julius Sweeney direct wrote and directed oh, the yeah, film, yeah. not Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was a producer on the film; he wasn't the director on the film. When he came out in the end in his sleeveless shirt, it was a little, it was a little jump scare. I know you <laughs> told me that he comes out looking like that. I still didn't expect it when yeah. I finally did yeah. see him. Yeah, it's kind of like there's there's a show dress up buddy you're a producer yeah absolutely and him <laughs> him walking in the middle of the camera let alone like on stage um yeah you'd, you'd think he would have a little more a little more of a yeah i mean maybe it is respect uh i don't know <laughs> I, I, well, but if they had a relationship enough in that way where it's just i think they expected. do i think they do i yeah. think she she's been in a couple movies i think I'd be curious to go down his producing list and see what other sort of projects he's produced because this, this is kind of odd. This to, is very not yeah like Quentin Tarantino. It's it's on a stage. It's a monologue. It's not violent in any way. But then again, Tarantino tends to really like unique films. Yeah, he, he that's that's like mm. his his niche. He he really likes these films that nobody's ever heard of. Sometimes, yeah. And very proud of it too. Yeah, and being able to be probably like a financer and lead behind something like this would probably be exciting to him. Right. Yeah. I know him personally. Ju well, Julia Sweeney doesn't use the N word either, so that's that's <laughs> that's kind of surprising that Quentin Tarantino was part of this. <laughs> well, we haven't read the book yet. No, we yeah, not. we don't know if she says it in the book. <laughs> Didn't no, she say I that this was four wouldn't. hours? No, but they were no, no, no. Like at the end, she was oh, making some she was recording for four hours. Yeah, I wonder if there's like the uncut version. <laughs> well, they whenever they record, I've I've been to a couple of shows and they will stop and go. Mm -hmm. So you're regular. I went to there. There used to be a show. Fuck, what was it? It was on. I think it was on Comedy Central before Comedy Central was Comedy Central. I think it was called Ha. And there was a show called Viva Variety, and they did a Las Vegas show. And I and I went to the taping of that show. Um, I think it was at Bally's. And um, they stop and go a lot. They stop and go a lot. So it was this monologue. So so I think whenever she referred to the four hours, mm -hmm. she was they were recording the monologue. But they do stop and go because right. they'll stop and they'll fix her, fix her, right, right. her face. If she's sweating, they want they want to keep the sweating down, or um, you maybe know. give the camera operators a break or replace maybe, the. Yeah. This looked like it was on video. It was ninety eight, so must have been video, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, probably give the camera operators a little, a little bit of a break. Yeah. Well, Brandon, you picked this movie. Yeah. Our food this week was noodles with red sauce and Parmesan cheese and Parmesan cheese and mm. Jello. Jello. Um, yeah. The noodles with red sauce is a joke that she says um, how her parents thought it was. <laughs> they didn't refer to spaghetti as spaghetti pasta. pasta. Yeah. Yeah. She says uh, uh, every time I use the word words like pasta, it was like I was throwing my big city ways in their face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or they would use her Trader Joe's salsa and replace it with a <laughs> Del- tomato paste. Del Monte tomato paste. <laughs> <laughs> that she was sure could double. Yeah. And um, her Samuel Adams in place of PBR. Pat's <laughs> Blue Ribbon yeah. in a can. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. This movie, to me, it's like a, a, a nearly perfect mix of comedy and like laughter and sadness to me um because it it chronicles michael's last nine months mike's last nine months um and what happens to her and her parents on top of it which 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 is what really kind of breaks my heart about the movie um is that her parents going through all of this getting to the end of it and having to go through it yet again um, thankfully in a lesser, um, uh, a lesser cancer, uh, diagnosis, but still you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always, I've always, whenever I first watched this movie, I, I was, I was attached to it. I, I loved it right from the very beginning. Yeah. And I like to share her stuff with people because I, I like to know what they think of it. And it's it's a little bit dated. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit dated, but it's a monologue from, you know, the end of the nineties. What was the at the very beginning? There's a reference to to a president, um, not not a United States president, but what what country? Burma? Uh, oh, um, Malik Chav or something. Um, is, are you talking about when she's saying like that's the conversation she wanted at her dinner parties or something? That, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That like I was like, wow, that's a very nine. Like that would be the equivalent <laughs> yeah. of saying we want to talk about Putin at our dinner parties. Yeah, but see if she was talking about Putin, um, back then Putin would have been, I mean, in power uh, just beginning. This was ninety eight, right? Yeah, right. When did he come? It was Putin, then, or it was, because it was Putin, and then it wasn't Putin, and then it was Putin again, right? But yeah, he but go he, from he prime was minister still, to president. Yeah, but he was still in power when yeah. he wasn't. Yeah, and this that would have still been before he he, he held office from ninety nine to oh eight ninety nine. So it is it's close. Mm-hmm. It's close. But yeah, that that was like the main thing that sounded dated. Yeah, the, yeah. Her like political reference that she made. The name, mm-hmm. the name. Um. Yeah. Yeah. If you could, if you could replace that with the president of such and such country, right? Um. Then it wouldn't. You know. Yeah. If she would have named the justices on the Supreme Court, that would have really did. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, her style of comedy is is definitely feels more dated than than I think you would hear from like an SNL cast member like now. Mm-hmm. Because that that has just changed so drastically and now we have Pete Davidson on there. So Yeah, and I, I don't I don't mind Pete Davidson. Um I think he's kind of weird. You know, when I see him in interviews, yeah. he's yeah, really yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the fun of him being kind of how famous he is, is because he's just kind of bizarre in that way. Yeah. Too and many, I kind of like it. Either too many drugs or too many blows to the head. One of the two. I have no idea his past. I don't know what he's what he's done or is doing, but yeah. I like the look of him. You like that tatted up look? I like the look of him because it's like a what's going on with you sort of look, you know? It's like I'm in, it's like I'm intrigued every time he comes on on the camera. Like you're questioning what's going on with Pete Davidson? Yeah, but I like it. The, you, you like the intrigue. Yeah, the, exactly. The mystery. Yeah. Oh. Where when you see someone like Julia Sweeney, it's like, all right, I, I get you. I feel like I get it right away, right? Where when she starts talking, I feel like I get her vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Pete Davidson, you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to attack or if he's going to, you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to attack or love up on Miley Cyrus. <laughs> you don't know which one. Yeah. We, we also ate Jello, which is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jello. Yeah. Yeah. Got the um, she didn't say a specific flavor. No, she? no. It was just what, what her mom was making for Mike. Yeah. Whipping yeah. up some Jello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you, because I hadn't seen it when you first texted the suggestion for this week, I assumed that you meant the red topping was <laughs> the Jell-O. strawberry Jello or something. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Which Jello on spaghetti or this type of noodle? What type of noodle is that? I can't say it. It starts with a C. With a C. Uh, Capavati. Cap, cap, there's a V, like a weird V in there. Yeah. I well, it's for, a good type of I noodle. I looked for some bucatini, but I can never find it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bucatini, I mean, you taught me just that. I never heard of it before. I ate bucatini in in Italy when I went to Italy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. bet that was. I bet that was like. Yeah, I was thinking a pool I had noodles. It twice, I went back and I ate it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was so. It was. I liked it. It was really good. Well, now you can say that you you have more of an authority to to make me bucatini too when we eventually do. We we have to make it in Italy though. Okay. Yeah, we have to go to Italy and shoot it. Yeah, that sounds good to me. On on uh, uh, Vespas. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well um brandon you kind of already explained why you picked yeah, this yeah. yeah um well let's move on i guess jose and i we've never really heard of it. no yeah. no experience yeah. whatsoever mm-hmm. let's move on to some fun facts then what we have <laughs> or um actually uh let's do your log line if you got it okay <clears throat> do my run throat clear a recently divorced woman has her quiet uh, has her quiet home invaded by her family to help her brother fight lymphoma with Oh my god. Can I start that again? Go for it. A recently divorced woman has her quiet home invaded by her family to help her brother fight lymphoma after which she is diagnosed with cervical cancer. I had a weird, a weird uh, word in there. What word was it? With. 
I just had a whiff in there oh, for some yeah. regular old typo. Got a, got a Classic Brandon. Yeah. Well, let's get some fun facts. All righty. God said ha came out in 1998. Ha! And its runtime is an hour and 25 minutes. It was directed and written by Julia Sweeney. She's also directed two other things, Shadow Life and Letting Go of God, which I think that one's another monologue, right, Brandon? Yeah, that's that's the monologue. We kind of have to watch this one. You don't have to, um, but to get the basic family structure, her basic family structure and where she's coming from with Letting Go of God, I think you should watch God Said Ha first. Is there another one? Um, in the family way. She mm-hmm. has a trilogy. Yeah. There's in the family way, which is mm-hmm. which is a shorter. Letting go of God is long. It's, it's I think it's pushing two hours. Okay. Um, in the family way is is a little bit smaller, but it's not uh, in video. It's only on audio. Okay. Yeah. Letting go of God? No. In okay. the family way. Gotcha. Yeah. And then in terms of acting... Well, she was on Saturday Night Live. Then she, the movie she references was It's Pat, the movie. (laughs) Is that a reference to it? Yeah, that's what Pat does. (laughs) I've never heard of it before. Yeah, me either. No, okay. I'll I'll explain what Pat is afterwards. We also have roles in Pulp Fiction, Stort Little. She was in Pulp Fiction? Mm-hmm. Who was she? Uh, Raquel. I don't know who that is. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah. Since the last time we saw it. Didn't we do Pulp Fiction? Mm-mm. No, not yet. No, we've only done... Mm-hmm. Oh, we've done Glorious Bastards and Kill Bill. I Did I, I watched Pulp Fiction and thought it was... And thought it was <laughs> <laughs> you woke up one day and you're like, oh shit, I gotta watch Pulp Fiction for the podcast. <laughs> But yeah, um, lots of TV. It looks like mostly TV. Yeah. Uh, at least recently. Uh, Frasier, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She was in Monsters University, Mrs. Squibbles. I saw that. I'm trying to think who Mrs. Squibbles is. Is that not the mom of like the, who drives the, oh. the minivan to the. I'm going to Google this. To the Scream Factory. I think you're right. She's in Beethoven. Beethoven, third and fourth. I think you're right. That is her. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, she does a lot of uh, voice acting. I think mm-hmm. lots of small roles. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious what her like her skits and stuff on SNL were like because I'd imagine. Okay, well here you go. Pat is an androgynous character. And everybody is trying to find out if Pat is a boy or a girl. So they'll say, Pat, you, you have, you have a new, a new friend. And, and she go, and, and Pat will go, yeah, we're sleeping together. (laughs) And they'll say, well, what's their name? And, and he'll say, or Pat will say something like, uh, like oh, uh, I don't know what what is a androgynous like Kim, like an androgynous 
like name. name. So they can't figure out what. Yeah. Did she play Pat? She's Pat. Okay. Yeah. It's her skit. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. they made a, a whole movie based off of the skit. And then they made a whole movie based off the skit, which was not that good. <laughs> um, Yeah. One of those hits and misses or swings and misses. I for... can't imagine how you extend that bit to an entire movie. Uh, is everyone just trying to guess who Pat is the entire movie? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like, do you remember Superstar? Mm-mm. No. It's the same, same thing. Okay. Like Superstar was It's like um, Hannah Montana, but No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, so Superstar was was it Molly Shannon? I think it was Molly Shannon. And she was a she was a really high energetic um girl. And she would always put her hands under armpits and smell them. She was really Yeah. So they did a movie about that too. Yeah, along the same lines, but I think um it has some it has a little bit of structure, but it's just the premise behind it. It's a little very dated, bare. dated yeah. and, and flawed a little yeah. bit, I think. But um but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the cinematographer is John Hora. Um he also did Gremlins, Gremlins 2, some Michael Jackson music videos, um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Uh, yeah. So we talked about him before. Mm-hmm. They got Recently. Gotta, yeah. They got to figure out that close-up camera, though. That was really jarring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. would it's it was distracting at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's most distracting for me is the tracking shot behind the cameras. Like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. putting the cameras between the camera and Julia Sweeney. Yeah, that was like who thought of doing that? I yeah, I'm not too I'm not too jazzed about I guess it would be her directing choices because I think a lot of it is just kind of like I don't know the camera start tilting when she's doing like a bit about her mom it just feels so like out of place like hey let's throw this one camera gag in here yeah one and time not use it again yeah not do it all. again um yeah that close-up yeah, camera was never in focus there's some camera work that's <clears throat> really yeah really bad and whenever she looks at the camera I get that feeling like if you're at any like public thing and the person looks at you and it's like I get really uncomfortable where I'm like, you're looking right at me. You have a hundred oh, no. people to look at. Look at somebody else. I have to hide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like when most of the movie she's not looking at the camera, but then suddenly her eyes like go at you and she says like a whole like two, three sentences straight while staring at you. I just kind of shiver. I think <laughs> what, what I didn't feel uncomfortable, but what was jarring for me was the occasional she was talking to the audience, the audience, and then talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. That w- at times I was, I, I would throw me off. Not, not that there was anything wrong with her talking to the camera. That's that's the whole movie, right? But it was sometimes her, the shit like she would just move her eyeballs from the audience <laughs> just to the camera, enough, yeah, and they would that would like kind of like just threw me off well i think it's less like exactly what she's doing it's more 
um, the shift was enough that every time she looked at the camera, I was conscious about it. Yeah. Where I think if she picked one or the other, I think I would be, it wouldn't throw me off the story. I think anymore. it would have been better if it was filmed, um, filmed like a comedy show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. 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 But, but staying up close, no, no big pull out shots that show the audience yeah. or anything like that, but, but staying up close and having a, a you know, three, three different, you know, a close up or, and side angles. Um, I think it would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like been. the camera spiking was only odd because most of the time she's not doing it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just, it kind of, ah, but there there's, I think was it the moment she said Mike died, there was a close up on her and it was completely out of focus. It was like fuzzy beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most intense moments of her story. Mm-hmm. And I just like immediately, I kind of desynced from her story and I was like, that camera is off. Yeah. I can't see her face. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad that that kind of did that. Um, she's a great storyteller, I think. And being able to do that for that amount of time, and even if it's split up, like one person shows her, crazy impressive yeah. no matter what the show is like yeah. remembering something that long and performing and not having any water during it i mean you look at marco rubio he had trouble <laughs> <laughs> she does take one drink right does she she takes it and that scene where you're too focused on it not being focused right she takes a drink oh. right before she lights the candle yeah right yeah uh-huh. oh i guess I, I i remember the candle i guess i didn't think of the water yeah, because I remember thinking uh, she took the first drink when she walks on stage. And then when she takes that second drink, I was like, wow, it's been a while since she's had any water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would make sense why they have those breaks constantly, though. Because and they, But they, I guess they hit them well. But uh, I guess there's certain spots I can think that there was a like a transition. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen one one man show before. It was yeah. in LA. My cousin it was I think my cousin's like theater group, like the head of that was putting on one. It's pretty good. It was like uh it was about as long as this, but man, I don't get it. I don't know how you can memorize that. I wanna write one. Yeah. Yeah. Would it kind of be because I can imagine yours being in a similar vein to your favorite um I don't know if it's your favorite monologue, but at the beginning of uh, someone that you did at the um, the graduate. Oh yeah, speech. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the movie? I can't think of the name. What movie? Um, shit, I can't think of a single word from this. Uh, but I watched the movie. It was one. It was your favorite movie. It's your favorite movie. It's my favorite movie. Oh, um. Torch Song Trilogy. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, that that's a monologue that starts out the the film. Mm-hmm. Is that monologue? Yeah. 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 But I'd imagine yours would. I feel <clears> like the, that has a the, good. A the similar... monologue that I wrote for the the graduate program. The I'm, show. I'm getting it mixed up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was different. That was. Yeah. Yeah. That was about um, about Justin's suicide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was really dark. Is that the topic you'd want to write if you did it? I think I would show? expand that out. Yeah. 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 And and cover some time after. I bet you'd probably yeah. grab a lot of influence from this. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I like I like the way she tells a story. I like 
I like her highs and her lows. Um, I like her picking on her parents. Yeah. Um, and she does it very lovingly. I mean, it's at times it can seem really critical. Um, but I think that contrasts really well with the end. Um, whenever, whenever like her final, final line is about the place being so empty. It's a type of critical that only someone who's not only critical can, can say it's like, you, you know, there's a lot of love behind it. There's a lot of, it's like, you can say this because your family, you can say this because you're close to them. And because you only, you know, those quirks Mm -hmm. like, or in, in your siblings, but nobody else in the world knows those quirks about your parents that that you do. Mm Mm-hmm. You wouldn't notice them if you didn't already love them so much and paid so close attention to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do love everything she te- she tells about her parents, especially the NPR. She daddy. really makes them into <laughs> yeah. characters. Yeah, um, yeah. Really well. <laughs> so funny how you'd fall asleep with them with NPR playing. <laughs> and, her, and her mom would get pissed because she'd roll over on the, on the thing in the middle uh, of the night. I used to fall asleep with, with like music playing and it'd be the Rugrats in Paris uh, movie soundtrack. <laughs> my mom would get scared. I'd like wrap it around my throat and choke myself. <laughs> but man, if there's a way to go, it's like waking up during like autoerotic asphyxiation while listening to, to Rugrats, to Rugrats and Ferris. or NPR or NPR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a way to go. Uh, I could do a quick character corner. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We got Julia Sweeney, mm-hmm. our one woman uh, in the show. And then her brother is Mike, Michael Sweeney. I don't know her parents' names. She says one of them. She says one of them. Steve. But I will. She says the no, mom's she name. She says the mom's name. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, her mom's not Steve. <laughs> um, Julia. No. No. It's also Julie. It starts with a J. Okay. Um, Joy. No. Um, Janet. No. You won't get it. No. Joyce. No. Okay. No, I won't get it. It's Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. I won't yeah. Get it. And just just for the record, her dad's name is Bob. So I did get Bob. But it, it's not in the. It's not in this. Good for me. And then her other brother is. Blake? No. Close. Close. She has two other brothers. Blake is close? There's there's it's one that name. lives in Spokane. Mm-hmm. That's a B name. And there's one that was in California. She has a sister right. in Japan. And a sister in Japan. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other names. Jim lived in LA. And Bill lived in Spokane. And Meg <laughs> what was that noise? That's uh, is that me a, uh, getting them all wrong? That's a reference to uh, Family Guy. <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> Every time he says Maggie, goes. I don't remember that. Is that new? Is that recent? No, that's an old episode. I can't even think it's of that. Really? I, old I swear, episode. I used to watch. I watched a lot of the early Family Guy. I don't and remember then, that. And then Chris goes Meg, and then he goes like really long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to brush up on my family. Guy. Every time I hear the word, the name Meg, I I want to just go. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, Meg's boyfriend's name? There was a joke in there. Oh uh, shit! 
It was like a food, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, oh, what was the food? I don't know. Damn, he, he's was a, a sweet potato. He's a sweet potato farmer. Oh, Yam. Yeah. Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah. And she calls him Yam for short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, I know I know um her I know her um cats. Damn, I don't know her cats. I know her uh I know her the doctor that was looking over her uh pictures though. Fu, Dr. Fu. Dr. Fu. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Fu. Do you remember do you remember the name of the friend that that introduces her to his brother and she starts screwing the brother? Do you remember their names? I don't even remember that plot line. You don't. One's the her friend is David? Yeah. Well, I know David's the one that that helps her at the end when mm-hmm. and then yeah. she was hooking up with his brother, Carl. Carl. Yeah. Okay. I must yeah. have missed the part where David introduced her to Carl because I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was her brother, mm. or it was his brother. Mm-hmm. And her, her, her cats. Do you know her cats? Uh Gus. Gus. Gus, Gus is, is the Gus one that the lived in the neighbor's house and then came back at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know the other cats. Names. Rita and Frank. Mm. Yeah. They're they they're in letting go of God as well. So. Oh, the cats. Yeah, yeah. Returning characters. Uh, we like that in sequels. Yeah, and Rita. I think, um, I think Rita actually dies in letting go of God. Oh, yeah. Spoilers. Was that the one that lost the hair? Yeah. Oh, maybe it had a reason. <laughs> Damn. Is that why she lets maybe go of God? Maybe she has cancer. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But is that why she lets go of God? Rita dies and she says, that's the last straw. No. no, <laughs> that's no I'm that's, leaving my that's, faith. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Yeah. If, if you really want to know, I can tell you. Tell me. Mormons come to her door. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> like they make her leave her. She's Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make her leave her Catholic faith. No, she chooses to, but because of her conversation with them, she starts on this spiritual journey. Towards what atheism? To towards atheism, yeah. yeah. Was she Catholic at the time of this recording? Yeah. So that was recently after. Well, I don't, I don't know the time frames. They kind of overlap a little bit. Yeah. But this happened after Mike had died, so okay. her, her. Yeah. Her um, spiritual journey comes after Mike's death, so there's it. It happens afterwards, so she is very much Catholic. Here. Hmm. I wish I had a spiritual journey. I did. I had one. I have all the books to prove it. <laughs> Stephen King. No. <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. <laughs> They got you the, into witchcraft. The Western Garden book, right there. Yeah. What's Western Garden? Uh, it's a gardening book. It's just a. Does it make you think of how the world really works? Yeah, that's how the it's how the world really works. How the West works. No, I have Water. yeah, I have the Dead Sea Scrolls over there, and the Nag Hammadi, and my Bible, and like angel books and demon books, and well, that's what I'm saying. The, it eventually leads of, to Harry Potter. The Gospel Potter. of Judas is over there too. 1984 is like your last book there. <laughs> That's where you make <laughs> the progression of how you read them. <laughs> Starts with the Bible, 
ends with 1984. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I tend to keep shit together, like authors together. That's just like the splat. And then there's little books down there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. To have a spiritual journey? Yeah, all you have to do is read. Yeah, my mom always tells me to reread the Book of Mormon or reread the Bible because apparently I'm missing something. Well, the more <laughs> he tells the, me to read the Bible too. Yeah. He says I can't be critical of it without reading it all the yeah. way through. I've read it multiple times with my parents in my life, but granted I was young. I probably didn't remember most of it. The but. more you read it, the more you learn how flawed it is. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things where faith really clouds your judgment, I think. I'll, I'll never forget a conversation I had I asked somebody and about the translation and I said, how do you know that the version that you're using is the, is the right version? Like, you know, like it, it was not written in the language you're reading it now. How do you know that the words that you're reading are, are what, how God intended? I mean, the original was an angel. You're right. What language do they speak? No one can translate that <laughs> properly. I mean, Joseph it's, Smith did it with, sounds with like, the two stones. It sounds like dolphin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you could say. But so I asked him, like, how do you know which one's the the right version? Like, right? Just strictly in the sense of the King James or this or that, right? And they're like, oh, it's just it's just what God tells us. Was, no, that, that doesn't answer the fucking question. <laughs> no. How do you know that this word which could be interpreted as two different words translating into English. How do you know which one is right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't have an answer for me. And that's right. You can't just tell me how God will show us. No, that's not not how this works. Yeah. It's like the freedom of religion. Um, The of what does of mean? Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That, that whole debate all the time. Does of mean, freedom you're free from choose your religion or free from religion yeah yeah i prefer the 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 latter a lot of people prefer the latter (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah let's move on and talk about the movie a bit more yeah yeah jesus christ yes yeah this movie reminded me a lot of um my experience with my dad yes he he moved in in a similar way with, with my family my mom and my stepdad. So, and he was in and out of hospital for about a year or two, but he was coming like to and from Utah. Like when he felt good enough, he was in Utah when he wasn't, he came back to live in Vegas with us. So it was very similar, I think. Yeah. Um, different perspective because my mom was probably more on her end because my mom was the one taking care of him most of the time. Um, uh, cause I was like at school or something, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really, really had me thinking of that the whole time. When um, when you're young, I think, um, and a parent is sick, I think it's it's only natural to to hide some of that sickness from you as a child. Um, I don't know if if your parents did that or not. It was fairly obvious when he was doing bad, mm-hmm. but. I mean, the the ultimate example is that when my dad was like on his deathbed, like he was in the hospital, they were like, he will never survive without this life support again. And then my dad said, well, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't tell me. 
um, they they about made it clear that maybe if I didn't go up this one time, I'd never see him again. And I made the choice to not see him again. I think I regret that a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having that moment like she has with Mike, where granted it's kind of agony for Mike in the hospital, just not dying, even though he really just should die. That's kind of, yeah, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a moment like that with him, but yeah, as a kid, it was pretty clear he wasn't doing okay, but they definitely held a lot of it back while like Julia is very clearly involved in his treatment. So yeah, you can't hide that. You can't yeah. hide that stress. You can't hide the, yeah. I don't know. Like, well, yeah, the reason why I brought it up is because in, in this situation, they're, they're already grown up and the parents are there and there's nothing to hide because the house is so small um, because they're there all the time. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of contrast is, is, you know, it's interesting to mm-hmm. me. I think in order to like mentally survive in that house on my end, I just kind of had to stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew he was there and I knew he was like close to dying every day. But like, I just, I think my mind was like, they got it. <laughs> you know, don't, don't think about it. Where having the stress of Mike having cancer and her having cancer, it's just one of those things where I don't even know how someone does anything in a day. I don't know how the parents would, would take that. Like having, that, yeah, that both kids would have to be room. devastating. Yeah for her parents. And when she talks about them at the end as being truly functional, it's it's exactly that. It's they had two of the worst things that could be happening to them and they still had to make it work. They had to yeah, keep moving. Don't know how they did it. We survive. We keep going. Mhm. I think when she she mentions that you can't lose your temper because of the paraphrasing the severity of the situation. Mm-hmm. I think that that really describes those situations in general. How composed you have to you have to be and and how difficult that can be. Cuz ultimately frustration and anger is what you feel or a lot of people feel and but you can't express it. Because that that doesn't help. That doesn't yeah. make the problem go away or the disease go away. So you just have to hold all of that in. And just manage. Yeah. And I felt a little bit of that with my dad last time I was back there. Yeah. 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 Like I, I'm like convincing someone, be comfortable. It's okay if you have to crank up your heater to, to 83 degrees because you're cold. Don't not do it because I'm here. Well, I don't want you to be hot. I don't want you to be cold. If I'm too hot, I can go outside. It's okay, dad, you know, just convincing, you know, that constant, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I noticed, I noticed that my dad's a lot like me though. Like neither of us want to inconvenience anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be able to accommodate everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure everyone's. We get, we get kind comfy. of a, uh, we get pleasure from that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. I got it. Kill that fridge. (laughs) 
Oopsie, sorry, I forgot. Now, now my phone's gonna ring. <laughs> and then <laughs> wherever your, uh, it is, oh, it's right there. And then your, uh, is it your Siri or Alexa, or whatever you got? Yeah, gonna start going. Alexa's on. gonna answer one of our questions. Tristan's gonna come home and start screaming. No, he's at work. He's gonna quit and come home and start no, screaming. He better not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that like you were saying. Jose, the severity of the situation is something that, that everyone's always in tune with. Um, people handle it differently. Mm-hmm. I know, I know my mom, my mom can't handle like my biological mom. She can't handle a lot of stuff. I, I think it's easier when you have religion. Yeah. I think at least for my parents, it was, um, I think religion is comforting or like the last rites or yeah, the idea that it's even if you, if, if you don't get better, there's something else after. Right. Yeah. So I think that that's going to be comforting if you do have that. I kind of had a conversation like this with my mom. Cause I, I, I increasingly over this last, like last year or two, I have become like terrified of dying <laughs> and like to maybe an unhealthy extent. Um, that I was like, mom, how did, I mean, I like, I don't know. Like, I know you have religion, but like, I don't know how to deal with this. Cause I don't believe that. <laughs> like, and, and I think I kind of wish I did. Right. Like I kind of wish I was like, oh, I wish there was something after this where I could see my dad again and have a good time and, and you know, and, and everything, but I, I'm going to give you letting go of God whenever you leave. You got to watch it. Does it help? Because <laughs> I need I need help. Uh, I, I, I think, I think it'll help, help you. <laughs> I I have no no spirituality in any sense of the word. We're born because of science, and we die, and that's it. That that that's. Um, but to me, that's comforting. To me, it's comforting the idea that there is nothing else. Mm. Um. I guess it's more comforting to me to know that there's nobody judging my decisions or, or I can just do what I want with my life technically. And and nothing, there's nothing there to stop me other than right life. But some higher power can't stop me when I die. That's it. There's nobody to judge me for what I, how I live my life or the things I said or the things I did. And that to me is comforting. Yeah. Um, but there are days where I wish I had some sense of a spirituality because then I, I think the idea of maybe some knowing that somebody's looking out for you is, is what's appealing and um, right. And it's different than having your parents look out for you because they're only human. They're limited by what they can do. But I think the idea of having something larger than them looking out for you is brings comfort to a lot of people. Yeah. 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 It would make something like this much easier, I think. Um, my dad's last moments were surrounded by family all being like, okay, we know you're going to heaven. It's going to be great. And my dad had like a spiritual experience. He saw like these two long lost nephews of the family and everyone's like, he's there. It's God. And I'm at home thinking like, Nah, he was just hallucinating. <laughs> he was at his deathbed and he was hallucinating. The rush of endorphins. Exactly. At the end. Yeah. <laughs> um but but having that for them, like that alone makes my dad's passing uh 
comforting to my mom knowing that because right. she's convinced and 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 the whole family believes that those were past members of the family greeting him at the gates and um hearing of the seeing is believing yeah yeah exactly yeah because it because my way of dealing with it at that time was I didn't think about it and I like the day my dad died I immediately jumped on Assassin's Creed 2 and I played for like seven hours straight I didn't think about it (laughs) my mom's way of dealing it was like he's in heaven you know it's a good time they have God I have video games Same level. We all process grief in our own ways. You're essentially God in Assassin's Creed. Exactly, right? Yeah. Passing judgment by your own hand. Except I can't kill the killer of my dad like Ezio can kill the killer of his dad. True. Yeah. I can't track down uh, uh, heart surgery and kill it. Yeah, for, <laughs> for for my parents when my, when my sister passed she uh they religion is what they have so even now to this moment is there is there comfort in that for that situation yeah knowing that or believing that she's in heaven where god intended for her to be and that's comforting for them and as a kid um that was not comfort comforting for me at all it made me think it instead of me thinking that God was this all loving creature as I was taught in school, he was like a vindictive, hateful God because of it. Because he took your sister away. That's how I saw it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was older, what brought me comfort was knowing that my sister died because of a statistical thing that could happen to anybody. Which I I know to some people isn't comforting. I guess in the sense, kind of uh, frightening that it could happen to anybody. But to me, it was the idea that it just happened. There's nothing that could have been done to prevent it. You couldn't have prayed more to prevent it, right? Nothing could have been done, and that's comforting to me. That shit just happens. It was. It wasn't like some sort of retribution on her right. or anything mm-hmm. from not being godly enough, or exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. So when when she talks about the, like the light at the end of the tunnel, and then that's just the end. That that part of her monologue really really stuck with me. That like that's what heaven is. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or that's what kind of like yeah. you're saying. It's the end. It's just. It's the you moment. see what you want to see. Yeah. Heaven yeah. is an instant. Yeah. Right. I really like that. Yeah. I I I was shocked. And I and I still get kind of it it shocks me every time she says that her mother slaps her. Yeah. No, I wrote that it. down. I said slaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it seems like such a um extreme thing to do. Um, because she's just repeating what what an actual father told her at school, um, that intrigued her. Um, I don't know. Maybe if you're, maybe if you are of a certain mind that that when you die you're going to go to heaven and you're going to live forever in this wonderful paradise. That one of your kids running up to you and saying that you know what that might not be true, in in no uncertain terms, right? Um, 
heaven is an instant. It's like that and it's gone. Um, maybe, maybe that would provoke something yeah. like, yeah. like, you know, it didn't throw me off that much because she's Catholic. I was like, that sounds <laughs> yeah. like a yeah. very Catholic fucking thing <laughs> yeah, to do. Yeah. Slap your kid for not being Catholic enough. But, but, <laughs> but in this story where her, her parents were so, um, loving and caring and, 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 you know, not greedy with their time whatsoever. Um, it seems like it's, I don't know. I know people change and people develop as they, they grow older. Um, but it just seems so out of place for me. It seems so out of place for me. And I can see it with the, the Catholic thing and the Catholic guilt as I, well. I think thinking about it, like how, how I would, I guess how I rationalized it is it's like, like telling, like be going against the religion is not just like to them. It, it's not a part of, of what it's not your, what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to take what you're taught and that's it. There's no, there's no questioning it. There's mm-hmm. no, it, it's kind of like, I, I guess how it's perceived is that you're personally like disrespecting God and his word by even, even saying it out loud something that goes against it right it's yeah it's like you're being ungrateful to even everything thinking that, you've been that given. something besides what mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so, maybe, so it, like it was yeah shocking but for an irish catholic it seemed perfectly in line with what i would expect from <laughs> catholics yeah yeah that <clears throat> yeah. yeah, still gets me though I really hope that if there is a God, he's really not, he's not that, uh, um, he's not that, uh, he wouldn't get mad about somebody saying, oh, what if, what if this is the way it really is? Like there's well, no, because there's the, no offending the, him in the, that way. If, if he is real, the way he set everything up, there's no way that a living person can know. You have to be be deceased to know that you have to be born in, in exactly the right family under the right religion to be like there's that one path then you're in heaven everyone else bye bye yeah. so you have to be Jewish maybe excuse you bless me yeah I'm real burpy too yeah yeah, yeah. burpy today but it's that's okay the tomatoes yeah um, the one scene that really stuck out to me because it kind of also related to me as well was um when they all wake up at three a.m. and just start watching TV. Watching uh, the movie. Yeah. I wish she's. I wish she talked about that a little bit more. She kind of moved on that from that a little fast. Um, she did. It seemed like a pretty pretty big chunk. Maybe I, I, I think she, that's if I have if I have a complaint about the movie that's not regarding the filming. It's that I feel like there's certain things she doesn't let breathe as much as I wish she would. Mm-hmm. If and that would probably be my only complaint about the movie that there's some things I wish she either talked about more or maybe waited a little bit more before moving into like a joke or something. Like I just wish there's certain topics that she would let breathe more. Could that have been done in editing, or no. is it in the actual monologue that you? I think it's in the actual monologue yeah. for me. 
Yeah, yeah I agree. I think the other time that kind of, and maybe my memory of this isn't accurate, but in the time I, I felt her moving on to talking about um, what her doctor wanted to do with her ovaries and having kids was a little fast from Mike dying. That was really quick. Yeah. That um, was really quick. Yeah. And then after that, she she spends more time on, on how her family stayed a little bit longer and how she um, yeah, kind of had a tough time dealing it with after that. But it did feel pretty fast where it's like, oh, I kind of want to hear you talk about that moment more. Yeah. Like, how was it when he died? How was it for the family? On the first watch when she, like, it, it in the first watch, it felt to me that her mention of, like, her struggle with her own cancer was way too close to the end of the, the end of the monologue. Like, it, it just, it didn't encompass as much as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and it's like, well, shit, you know, she's okay. So it doesn't need yeah. to be a, a larger part of the story. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think Mike, I, I do agree with you that, um, <clears throat> you, you would get, you would get a little more story if, if she described the people in the room and, and maybe things that were being said and stuff as, um, Mike was on the trampoline, you know, in his mind, jumping closer and closer to the edge and higher and higher. Um, I, th- I think that that visual, um, in my mind of, of jumping on the trampoline, um, is something that has always stuck with me that, that it's such a, up and down up and down kind of thing um to just rest his mind and relax him and let so he would let go mm. um and obviously worked very well is, is <laughs> such a gentle um gentle thing mm. like how would someone think of that you know it's amazing to me my immediate thought and i think i took it a little bit more intensely but i was thinking like if I'm jumping really high off a trampoline, off of the trampoline, that doesn't seem very calming to me. Like you're getting closer and closer to the edge, and then the final is you jump off of the edge of the trampoline. No, but you're jumping higher and higher. That's even more terrifying. So so you finally get to where you're you're just out in space. Oh, is that what the floating. idea is? Yeah. I missed out. that. You're I thought she said jump off of the trampoline yeah. and land on the floor. No. <laughs> No, there's I, uh, no landing. My immediate thought was <laughs> if I was on my deathbed and some therapist counselor told me to picture I was on a trampoline, I would respond, I hate trampolines. <laughs> Am I going to break my ankle? <laughs> Am I going to break my ankle? I wouldn't get on a trampoline. I can't, get, like I can't get on a trampoline. Can't you see I'm in bed? And they'd be like, no, just picture it. I was like, no, I'm too angry to picture it now. <laughs> uh. He would. It sounds like he would say something like that too, knowing his type of humor. Yeah, where? Give me your card. Where did you go to school? Yeah, <laughs> where, where'd you learn this trampoline shit? <laughs> I think the funniest. I think the funniest about, about the the cards and stuff was whenever the the father came in to give him his last rites and he asked him for his yeah. card. <laughs> yeah, who, who approved you to do this? <laughs> the, and the the father says, "Well, you're just gonna have to take it on faith." Well, I, hey, I there thought was that, that was a good. I thought that was a good um, end to that kind of uh, joke that went through. Yeah. yeah, there was that one guy recently that was like not properly 
um, I don't know. Oh, spiritualized. the baptisms yeah, and oh yeah, he changed a word. He said one word wrong. <laughs> and oh now, come on, really? Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, it was like I something that, as simple. I see that, and I think, God, really? <laughs> that one word yeah. just really. He it it was we. It was we from what was the word supposed to be? I I. And it's shit like that that's causing Catholic membership to just fall through the yeah yeah they say like oh sorry you got to get rebaptized you got to remarried you got to get all this what about like, all the people i'm leaving what about <laughs> the people who have been baptized and then ha- that have died they're not going to heaven well that's when mormons come in they swoop in and they do baptisms for the dead they do baptisms for the dead and mm-hmm. give them a planet <laughs> I, I I did that because they take they take they take young amenable kids and they uh they they grab them at like 16 and they say all right we're gonna baptize you in the name of this stranger and uh yeah they baptize you in the name of someone else oh so i might get my own planet someday you could get your own planet someday listen the mormon wow. religion is very inclusive once you die once you die. Yeah. yeah. Once you can't commit any more sin. <laughs> they may not accept you as you are right now. Yeah. You know. But once you die and you can realize that the whole gay thing was just wrong, then you can get your planet. <laughs> <laughs> can you visit other people's planets? I sure hope so. They have rocket ships? <laughs> no, it's uh it's it's celestial zooms it's like a super mario galaxy (gasps) you just shoot off it's like silver surfer it's like silver surfer yeah oh dude and if someone's been bad on their planet then the 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 great big uh planet eater comes and eats the planet yep just like that (laughs) but what were we talking about (laughs) oh the last rites that he he yeah the last rites yeah yeah. Yeah. I think um he surprises her a couple of in a couple of places. Like like what she thinks his reaction to things are going to be. Um he surprises her by not reacting that way. Um like with his last rites and saying, you know what? Mom mom and dad sent him. It was kind of cool. You know. And she's apologizing for it and he's like, "Oh, it was it was cool. It was kind of cool." And um, her, uh, their mom taking his hand while they were watching the movie, mm. Mm. um, and and that she wanted to say, "Mom," you know, she wanted to, you know, say, "Stay away from him," um, but he lets her hold his hand. You know, he he to me to me those things were like he knows he's he's dying. He knows he's gonna die. He's trying to stay alive. Um, but he knows that he's, he's dying and he wants to comfort his parents in their own way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is sweet to me, which means he was a caring and giving person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the, the imagery of that TV scene is just, I think it's probably like my favorite of this is, yeah, it's kind of the whole family at three in the morning staying up watching and then, a movie yeah watching a movie just laughing at it and yeah. having a good time and then when it's, it's when it's morning morning it's too it's too late to go back to sleep so everyone just goes yeah. on their day yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's a really that's a really sweet sweet moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the so happy story, I think, is funny. <laughs> the dad just seems like a character yeah yeah he does <laughs> the reveal that he wasn't on the side of the native Americans. <laughs> yeah but she would tell her friends that he was he practiced indian land law yeah but she never told her friends that he wasn't on the side of the indians <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah and that would there was only one case that got away from him and it was the so happies right um that's yeah. Those damn so happy. Those goddamn so happy. <laughs> um, it's funny to me. It's funny to me because, you know, as a kid, you, you know your parents are doing things. You know your parents have a job. But if your parent has a job that's not really PC, what do you do then? You know, you kind of cover it up a little bit. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm trying to think like in the context of, I don't know how much her opinion it might have changed over time on that specifically, but yeah, I wonder how, I don't know. I just, I think someone who listens to NPR like that wouldn't be very proud of <laughs> that type of work. Well, I mean, if, I don't know. Because everyone who listens to NPR is just a bunch of liberal hippies. Not I don't I don't think everybody, everybody. but every single one Brandon. I don't I don't think everybody, but my grandparents had friends that listened to NPR, but they weren't liberal hippies. They conservatives? They were pretty conservative, yeah. Yeah. They moved to Utah. Yeah. To, to Loa. I don't know where that is. Uh it's south of Price. I don't know where that is. God damn. <laughs> Um, yeah, they, they bought a, a farm. Mm-hmm. I worked, I worked on it one summer. Um, but yeah, they were, they were beautiful people. It's the NPR. It's the NPR that made them beautiful yeah. people. Hi, welcome to NPR. This is uh, dinner with a movie. <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we had a, if we had a, a less vulgar version of dinner with a movie and we had to be very like talk talk about it like i wouldn't like that though because we'd have to talk about i don't know would we have to talk themes like this and colors and symbols symbols what? the loss of innocence yes. when when mike died <laughs> <laughs> but would we all have to talk like this through the entire oh, NPR podcast yeah no i don't think so welcome back to thoughts for your thoughts I'm Blake Gilmore filling in for Brandon Miles. Thoughts for your filling thoughts. in. <laughs> it's the Parks and Rec uh, <laughs> parody version of NPR. It's <sighs> <laughs> one of my favorite bits on that. But yeah, my favorite bit of that is like, I'm Blake Gilmore filling in for Brandon Mouse, who was filling in for Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. I watched all of Parks and Rec. I should watch it again because I don't remember some of that. Good fucking show. Yeah. I watched a lot of it with you. Oh right. Yeah, I played it when we were when we doing were shit. doing the rat house. Yeah. And just doing shit. Yeah. And those good times. Yeah. Anytime I rewatch it now, I don't even touch the either the first two seasons. Yeah. I just start on season three. 
maybe the maybe the last couple episodes of season two, but I really just started season three and watched towards the to the end. But. Yeah, season one is like definitely completely skippable, but I normally start at two. But I understand three is definitely where it gets really good. I'm looking for a new sleepy time show. I was watching Jackass when I went to sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> good for sleep. Very good for sleep. Did I tell you guys I watched Jackass forever? No, how was that? It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the best one. Yeah, I think it's the best one. Hmm. Watching like the first Jackass, it's like it was better than the first Jackass at least. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, but that's very far off from this movie. Very far off. He had a lot of chemo. That's a lot of chemo. I don't know what's normal, so I'm, I don't know what to compare it to. He had radiation. Plus he had chemo every two days. Mm-hmm. Then plus every three weeks he had chemo directly into his spinal column. Right, and are we to assume that he didn't have health insurance this entire time? Uh, he got. I'm sure he got some kind of. She talked about applying for applying for Medi-Cal. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. right yeah, right. California Medicaid. Yeah. 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 But that is a ton. That's a ton of. It is a lot. No matter of what the radiation. treatment, just going that often is just brutal. And that that must have. I don't even know how you have any humor in you after that. My dad's my dad's chemo every three weeks costs like forty grand. Fucking Christ! Without insurance, that would be devastating to yeah. someone. Yeah, that's more than the average annual salary in the United States. Yeah. One round of chemo. One round. One round. And he did this. My Mike dad, did this. Mike did this for for quite a while, at least nine months. Every two days. Every two days. Fuck. Was it any cheaper back then? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe we can hook up Mark Cuban and see if he has a a chemotherapy option. I mean, a cheaper alternative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Amazon chemo. Hey, if it makes it cheaper, I'll take it. Jeff Bezos come to my house, pour chemo into my <laughs> into my uh, spigot, into think, my brain spigot. I think, I think Jeff Jeff Bezos is bald, so it might just be his urine. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he might just pee into your forehead. <laughs> well, what was what did they call it? The thing in his forehead. Uh oh, I, the I, shunt? shunt. Shunt. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah his yeah. shunt. Uh, it wasn't in his forehead. It was. Oh, I th- for some reason I thought forehead. He, because I he says because yeah. he says, doctor, if you want to put a faucet in my forehead, you have another thing coming. And then the mom, the mom says, I don't think it's like a faucet. I think it's like a spigot. <laughs> but I don't think that was means it, both it's not of them are the forehead. same thing. Just about. So was it in the back um, of his head? No, then? it was. It was. It was. It, it. It's not in your forehead. They put it. They put it. Listen, I don't. What are you side. trying to think? I know cancer treatment. Well, they wouldn't put something directly in your forehead. Why would they do that? I mean, there's no way to to hide a port. Well, I thought I would just assume that. I just assumed that was the your, only place they could. Yeah, do it. no, it's not in his forehead. Yeah. Listen, I didn't go to school for anything so don't expect me to know this you went to film schools 
That's nothing. You're going to, to computer schools now. That's also not brain. Yeah, that's big brain it's stuff. It's big brain stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, I just I took him at their word when they said forehead faucet. Yeah, no, he was he was joking about it. So what the, do they do? They open it up and they just pour stuff in there? No, no. Uh, uh, a shunt is is like a um a one-way tube. Uh-huh. So they they drill a hole in your cranium and they put the shunt in and it goes directly into your um your brain fluid, your spinal fluid. And then they put the chemo directly into the shunt which goes directly into your your spinal fluid. And that way they don't have to keep sticking you. Mm. They just put it through the shunt. But shunts can get shunts can get clogged. They can break. They can infection. Get infections. Yeah, they're they're not they're not an end all be all. So they're they're kind of a last resort kind of thing. Cause once scar tissue builds up where you're where you're getting your shots, and if he's doing this every every other day, then scar tissue is going to build up along his spinal column really quickly. And there's no way to get a needle in that to keep, to keep doing it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. I know how how sick my dad gets. He, he had to have been sicker than, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe his every other day chemo wasn't as, as bad as his every three weeks chemo. Maybe it's just like a smaller amount. Yeah. Building or up or a different kind. Different kinds yeah. of chemo have different kinds of, of uh, side effects. I, th- I think about that every once in a while. At what point would I just say, just let me go, right? If, if yeah. it's nine months of suffering like that, it's a long time. Yeah. I think my time would definitely be way before my entire back is scar tissue from that. Yeah. I think mine would probably come about halfway up the back and I would say, okay. This isn't working. This isn't working. I don't know. That's why we need assisted suicide. Well, I, I think with me it would be um, weighing... Am I going to live pain-free because the chemo is not pain-free? Um, am I going to live without all of these side effects for half of the time? Or am I going to live with all of these side effects and everything for double the time? Yeah. What's what's the quality of life there? I would have to weigh that that really well. What What is my... What is my outcome going to be? Are we just prolonging my life just to do it? Or is is there a way that I could be cancer free in a year? Yeah. yeah. And I know this isn't this isn't like any reason to keep someone around, but but I bet that time was very much for his parents, yeah. you know. Um Oh yeah. And and I bet I bet that went through his mind a lot. We're thinking like maybe this isn't worth it, but it's worth it for my for my parents. Yeah, having me around just like a few extra days is worth it. Well, she talks about the switch that they they make mm-hmm. in their prayers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, between him getting better 
and and there being an end to his suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that that to me is very hard hitting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that switch because eventually everybody would would know it's not going to get better, right? You you don't need a a medical to degree to know that it's not working. Yeah. It, if it's just like a feeling that people have that you, you just know it's not even yeah. you. So I think you don't even have to quantify it or anything. It's just a feeling you have when you know it's, it's, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Especially having such a late stage. Yeah. Well, and, and just... some, I, I think some people are, are so afraid of death that they will do anything and everything to live another day. Um, even if it means that they're, they're suffering. Um, I don't see that in this case, but I know that that exists. Yeah. It was interesting how she described it, how it's just like his body was just keeping on just because like he, his mind was just still here. Like it still was. They said he had the, he still had the heart and lungs of a, uh, a 30 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's going to keep on going until he can't go anymore. That's what makes the the trampoline thing more interesting to me because it's less like, okay, how does that work? It's it's an interesting like metaphor, but but thinking like how that works in the process of actual death, where it's all mindset that kept him there. Like, yeah, if he didn't have that, would he? How long? How long? How much longer would he have stayed? Like, that's kind of terrifying. Like the the. Uh, the relationship that his mind had on his body in that way. Mm-hmm. Like he would stay if his mind was saying, no, I want to stay. I'm not jumping off this trampoline yet. But when your mind's in that process of saying, all right, let's let go. Then, then your body just decides to stop. Well, adrenaline is a very interesting thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, if your body's producing adrenaline all the time, your, your body changes. Mm-hmm. Um, abused kids change their mm-hmm. brains change. So, um, I would I would assume that slowing down all of that and and just focusing on one thing that that is kind of a, a peaceful ebb and flow kind of um, uh, I guess something to do that takes your mind off of it would would probably lower all of that you know those chemicals that want to keep you alive mm-hmm. and, and aid you in, in dying. Yeah. I, I think that would be the science behind it. I really do. Yeah. We haven't talked much about her cancer. Um, no, not yet. Which when you mentioned there was like a little, uh, there was a little twist. Yeah. I think, I don't know if I joked last week, but I immediately thought, Oh, it's like fault in our stars where she gets cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was exactly the twins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We already talked about how like her parents must've taken that, but yeah. Well, she says that her dad wakes up in the, um, after her surgery and he just stares at her. He's just staring at her and staring at her and staring at her for hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah be a lot to think about a lot to sit there and just yeah but but good that it was a very treatable type of cancer yeah 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 funny that they lost an ovary 
<laughs> that was so weird to, to think about how that would work inside of you. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it's like sometimes one of my testicles gets a little lost up, <laughs> up in there somewhere, <laughs> but sometimes it finds its way back. <laughs> okay, she says, I'm not going to cough it up, am I? <laughs> My my follow up question was would have been I'm not gonna shit it out or <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I just try to think like what is it on like a long rope where it's just like it just goes out and it's probably just attached to blood uh, blood supply yeah and it probably just went up underneath one of, in back of one of the lungs or something they couldn't see it <laughs> that's crazy our bodies are fucking crazy yeah give me an ovary I want to lose it inside of me. <laughs> 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 yeah, the way she tells the story is really interesting. Yeah. And making fun of it. I thought she was going to find love in Dr. Fu. Oh, really? Because oh, yeah. she, she had just told the story about she, she was trying to find like a nice single doctor from oh, all, yeah. uh, all the people that uh, yeah. they were saying. So, and then she immediately follows up and says, you know, interesting story. Then I went over to Dr. Fu and we, we went out and had lunch. And I was like, is she going to find love in Dr. Coffee. Fu? <laughs> yeah, for coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm no, glad no. I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't just you. I was like, oh, this is going to be the, this is the twist that Brandon was talking about. <laughs> Do we know if she ended up with Carl? No, she doesn't end okay. up with Carl. Damn. No. Sorry, Carl. Yeah. May his hunting keep him going. His bow hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. She doesn't end up with Carl. She ends up with someone, though. Is that is that a twist reveal in no. the second monologue? No, no, <laughs> no. She She adopts her kid after she's been married, right? No. No, is it before? Mm-hmm. Hmm. She's single. She adopts. She adopts uh, Mulan in letting go of God. Yeah. Um, I like the story about the garbage cans. Talking about Carl. Oh, that one is pretty funny. Yeah. The forty-five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I was trying to think, remember it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. Remember. How they they go home. <laughs> they think they have the place for themselves. The garbage cans aren't taken in. <laughs> they have very hot, steamy lovemaking, and they come out. The garbage can was taken in, and her parents must have left. <laughs> her parents must have brought up the garbage cans, came in the house, heard them, and then left, <laughs> and not said a word about it. <laughs> and then getting the call the next day, hey, we're going to be home at four. 45 minutes. We're in Santa Monica. You can expect us in 45 minutes. <laughs> More than enough time. <laughs> yeah. That would... Uh, I don't think it would... I don't know. I think that with how religious her parents were, I could see how she would be that um, concerned mm-hmm. about how they would... Um, how they would see her or react to that. Um, but it is her house. Yeah. I also think like, I, there's probably so much more they're worried about. Yeah. That that's just, yeah. There's, there's no point. Bringing I also, that to also, I, I also think, why didn't you just go back into your, in, into your office that's detached from the house yeah. If she was already saying good night for an hour every Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't she just 
Why did she say, come on, it? let's go? Why did they have to do it in the house? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rookie mistake. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe. Well, they did say it was kind of part of the thrill, right? It was yeah. kind of like, oh, we're true, hiding true. this now. Yeah. 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 I could see that being a reason. Maybe she knew. She knew they were going to come home. Oh, so she, she was. It. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to get caught. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have that feeling of, <gasps> oh, I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well any last things we want to discuss before we move on to some quotes um back to back to mike's death they she doesn't say anything about him his funeral she has her hysterectomy three days after mike dies oh right yeah yeah that, so that's crazy she doesn't, How can you she, mentally she does right say spot? that he's buried in where her her parents live so they had to have taken him to Washington back to, yeah, back to Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't say anything that she goes or that the family gathers and goes these, these kind of questions that, 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 that we've posed that, that we have the concerns. Um, most of them are dealt with and let ungoing of God. Okay. So you have more of all of that yeah. kind of when these things happen, you have more of that. Um, so to me, letting go of God is a better, uh, better monologue. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause I, I really think the stuff that I did miss in here is I really like where she ends up in, in the final bit where she's talking about how she had a deepening love for her parents and, mm-hmm. and, um, how it felt, the house felt empty after they were gone. Um, but I, f- I can't help but feel like throughout it, I think there were plenty of chances to talk a little bit more about that deepening of her relationship with yeah. her parents. Yeah. Um, where instead of at the end saying, oh, it was at these moments that I realized that they were more functional than I thought. I would prefer if like she had talked about like maybe in the middle, like, oh, I saw him doing this and, and that affected my opinion of him and his NPR listening or something. And yeah, yeah. Having a little more sprinkled throughout, I think would help a little bit more. When she mentioned that about realizing how functional her parents are to me, it seemed like the, like the, you acknowledge your parents did the best that they could. Mm. Right. Through their own limitations of their own upbringing or their own religion or anything. It seemed like, she that's that's her was her realization they did the absolute best that they could which was just be there for her right mm-hmm. um and i i think that's that's easy to acknowledge but hard to acknowledge every day of your life mm-hmm. especially if your parents are just being your parents one day it's hard to acknowledge at the time yeah um until you stand back and and look at it kind of uh, from outside in sometimes. That's kind of the point yeah. of this whole story is like everything in here is something that at the time you don't really it doesn't have the strength of of uh of um hindsight does. Right. Where even that moment at the TV like when she was immediately like, "Oh, like mom, you're holding his hand." Yeah. Like that sort of thing doesn't impact her until years down the line when I'm sure thinking about it has a lot more impact yeah. than than yeah. at the time where it that's what that's what just kind of sad about any moment in life where it's like I'm sure 10 years down the line we'll be thinking back about this moment we'll be in like 
I wish I, I wish I appreciated this a bit more, mm. but you know, we're in the moment we're living, we're having a good time. Well, we all change different. and we all learn and we all, you know, travel through life, um, absorbing or not absorbing certain things. And, um, and some things change importance or how important they yeah. are for you mm-hmm. as, as you go through life. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think that I had to, you know, make money and own a house and drive a nice car and do all of that. And I let all of that go. Um, but, but I'm happier for it. Mm. You know, changed a lot. Yeah. I used to also think I was too stupid to go to school. And now you, here you are with a master's. Yeah. Smarter than everyone in this room. Except maybe Hardly. Me. Except maybe me. Except maybe you working your way up to that double bachelor's degree. Is it going to be a BS degree or a... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Bullshit degree. So, yeah, so I can say bullshit. I got me a bullshit degree from UNLV. <laughs> well, I got me two. <laughs> oh, you do too? <laughs> yeah. Sports Connection Jesus story. What do you think of the Sports Connection Jesus? The Like the last story about her mom. Hold on. I'm trying to remember it. It was about her mom and the, the ladies ordering... Um, asking Monsignor. Oh, the hot Jesus with the yeah. curly blonde yeah. hair? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I think that just shows that everything in church is all about hooking up with Jesus. Hooking up with Jesus. 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 I loved how it looked like he was bench pressing the cross. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. It is very, very funny. But I feel like it's out of place in this monologue. To me, it's like that. I think it's purposeful. It's those like, not only how her her mom was established as a character, I mean, or her character, Hmm. um, but it's like something I think just parents do. Like they just tell you the most random shit (laughs) because you're their kid and they want you to, as random as it is to you, they want you to know about it. Yeah. yeah. That you thought that this, that, that you're, you're happy that you were chosen to pick the hot Jesus to, <laughs> that you'll stare at for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it like, I think it worked in the sense that parents just do that. They just tell yeah. you stuff that you have no, no reason to even want to hear. Yeah. Right. Or, they want to tell you because you're the only person they want to tell. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's what it served for me. It's kind of similar to her dad, like telling her, Oh, this one anchor on NPR did the show in her pajamas today. Oh, Koki Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Koki Roberts did the show in her pajamas <laughs> yeah. today. They went to her house and she just got out of bed and did the show in her pajamas. Like <laughs> it's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. Like, yeah, I, yeah it's kind of cherish that more now. When it's my mom more of that. Like, something. It's it's in their own way keeping you involved in their lives. Yeah. 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 But like as a as as to like where it was, I wasn't a huge fan of the organization of the piece as a whole. I think she kind of went on a lot of really small tangents to tell a joke here and there, which worked sometimes as a nice like break from the seriousness. Mm-hmm. Um but sometimes just felt like maybe this could have been used for a better 
foundation of the next part or something. Mm-hmm. One, one that kind of sticks out is her going to, well, I guess it kind of, her wanting to go get a cigarette and then she goes and she, uh, no, she wants to go get the Pope book. That's what it was. Yeah. She wanted yeah. to smoke a cigarette and get the new, <laughs> new book by the Pope. Yeah. Which, um, who would it have been at this time? It's uh, Pope John Paul II. John Paul, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. John Paul II. Yeah. Um, which, which explains a lot because if you use it in the context of now where Pope Francis is like beloved by Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For the most part. Um, <laughs> for the most part. A lot more than John Paul or um, uh, Ringo. The fuck's that guy's name? Ringo. Brandon, please. Uh, Benedict? Yeah. Pope yeah, Benedict. Benedict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, but I, I don't know. Something about that story just felt like her talking about that one guy who had asked her. Uh, it kind of felt about a little Mike. off to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really yeah. nothing, maybe too nitpicky, but stuff like that. It just kind of felt like the organization was a little all over the place yeah. at times. Um, I liked the fart joke. Like that you <laughs> I didn't the, like that. I didn't like that. fart. Yeah. <laughs> well. I'm a good fart joke guy. Yeah. I didn't like her delivery of it. No. Yeah. I I laugh at it. I laugh at it. Just because it was the biggest fart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how no one talks like <laughs> immediately the guy comes up to her and it's just like <laughs> brushed off and no one talks about the fart anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well she she said you she wanted to say you recognized my call. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. I did like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's funny. Um, yeah, but yeah, the way I don't, I don't know that the way she talks to him and like, he just walks up to her and starts asking her questions. Like, like he's a friend, like he knows her. And it, it seems to me like it's a friend of maybe, maybe Mike's or somebody that she knew like not her specifically yeah. well, she she said it was just someone from groundlings which i assume she yeah. was a part of groundlings um yeah but uh i wonder if that guy listened to this and was like oh fuck <laughs> I, I was wondering if the whole movie at what point did she tell her parents that she set the car on fire <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well i think that. i think they knew it i think yeah. they knew it from the beginning of the story and and whenever her mom whenever her mom calls her dad in here you know come in here and listen to this story um, she's, she's setting, she's setting Julia up to tell the story and dig herself in yeah, deeper yeah. because her dad is a lawyer and right. knows bullshit. <laughs> so yeah. 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 See, and that's why she see, changes her believe, story in the middle. I would believe that the mom would, would believe it, but the, the dad I didn't, I didn't buy I would yeah. not buy the dad. Yeah. Just Especially like, when he says, oh, look, it's the cigarette. And it has, <laughs> it has lipstick, lipstick on yeah. it. <laughs> she said, oh, Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They knew she caught her. But it's her own car. So what could they really do about it? Yeah. It was more It was more just the uh, yeah. her smoking and yeah. all. 
But I think that just speaks more like they had so much bigger things to worry about. It's yeah. just not worth bringing any drama into that. But know? but I think it's kind of it's kind of funny that that they don't bring not just drama, but they bring like a comedy to it. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, we know you're telling us this lie. When are you going to stop telling us this lie? Even when we found your lipstick on this cigarette. Yeah. And it's funny to hear her get the complaint from her sister that she's dealing with. Mom wanted me to reimburse her for the money I paid to give you all a gift for the National Geographic, and I sent her a check, and I'm done with her. And I'm sending her a note that says, I don't want to have any more dealings with you. That was also a super dated story. The National National Geographic subscription. As a gift. As a gift. (laughs) The check. The check. The writing her a note that she's sending her. All of that was just 90s. But it's it's still very, very funny. Yeah. And it's just, it's also just funny. It's like, I would be annoyed if I was Julia. I'd be like, we're dealing with something how here. Much, how <laughs> much more? How much less can you deal with things? Yeah, You're yeah. in a different country completely. Yeah. I'm curious if she's the youngest sibling, because <laughs> that seems like um, a youngest sibling. Yeah, thing. Least responsibilities, most complaints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably. I bet you she is. I bet you she is. I know it's. I know it's Julia. Then Bill. I know Bill is. When you're younger than she is. So. Will you move on to quotes? Sure. We'll start with you, Brandon. Um, I'm going to quote, quote the mom. When, um, after, after Julia tells her mom and dad not to come back to her, uh, to her little, um, detached office because she's working and um, the mom comes back and says, Julie, the light has gone out in the bathroom and I found another bulb, but I didn't know if you wanted it screwed in in a special way. <laughs> <laughs> that that was one of those like little like big, like a just a jab at big city folks. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> more of the pasta and the. The, the red red or red yeah, the red, red sauce yeah uh red topping yeah mm-hmm, red topping um yeah well I, I think it's because she she finally told them you know if you're if you're coming back here it's like you living with me and you being at work with me as well which i get a lot of that here um, I try to work and I'll get a knock on the door. Or I'll try to work and a brother will come running into the room or I'll try to work and, you know, Tristan will start a fight with mom. You know, it it's just like, okay, I, I got to deal with it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I get a lot of that here. So that kind of, that kind of gets me. How about you, Jose? Um, we already talked about it, but it was probably my funniest, like, comment or that she made um but it's when she's talking about her dad and what he does um well it always sounded really cool and politically correct when i was growing up and i would always tell my friends that my dad was an expert in indian land law 
What I didn't explain to them was that my dad wasn't exactly on the side of the Indians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 She doesn't linger on it too much, but I thought it was one of the funnier things she says. <laughs> yeah. I was goddamn so happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I left my notes at home, so I don't have the quote exactly. And this is a movie that I can't just Google it. Um, so I'll summarize the quote if I can. Yeah. Um, it's the part of her monologue when she's talking about uh, David had come to take care of her after her surgery. And she is talking about how the synapses in your brain are taking time to catch up to to Mike being dead. And she she wakes up and she she goes out to the hallway and she's a picture with Mike and his friend. And it's like he died all over again. And, mm. and um, that just causes her to completely break down and... And what follows after is her going to see, uh, what, what was it? That the Bridges went? of Madison County. Yeah. That was, that was David's fire stop. Yeah. 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 The, the way to, to burn the fire, to make her cry so much that she doesn't cry anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I just, yeah, that part speaks to me a lot because yeah. yeah, I still have that with my dad. I'll have a dream where I think he's alive and I'll wake up and it's, Yeah. It and hits. it's like he's dying all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, I really connected with that. I connected a lot with, with, kind of this whole movie and her whole experience. Um, but yeah, that that line particularly, I think, and it just it made me cry. Yeah, hearing yeah. hearing it from her too, especially I feel like her delivery of, of, of saying like, "What she say? Mike is dead, or Mike, Mike is died? Mike died. Mike died. Yeah." Um, is really powerful. I, I really like it. Yeah. You can make me cry. Let's move on to some meme reviews then and make you not cry. I'm going to start with you. Start with me. Um, I have two cats that stayed out of three. What was that? 45 out of 45 minutes before your parents get home. <laughs> I have one missing ovary out of two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'll start with my real review. Um, I give this movie an eight out of 10. Um, I think the structure of it is a little off for me and her humor is a little dated. Her delivery is not something that I particularly connected with a lot throughout, but I think her storytelling is really strong. And and throughout it, I was, I was never like, there was never like a lull in it for me. I think it's the perfect length. I was connected the entire way. I connected a lot more and more thinking about like, oh yeah, this is kind of how it was when, when my dad was staying with me. And I think um, the the really powerful moments with her and her family are are really interesting. And I think like the first part of our conversation was all about not even the movie. It was just about kind of our own thoughts on the topics in the movie. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like what she decides to talk about, how she talks about it. And um just it being in this structure is always impressive to me. So yeah, eight out of 10. Jose? I uh, to give this movie nine out of 10. Um, what probably knocks it down for me is that I wish it was longer because there's parts of it that just feel like are not, like I said earlier, either she doesn't give it enough time for it to breathe or I wish she expanded it on, on it more. But I, I think 
ultimately that's a good complaint to have then the fact that I want to hear more about what she has to say about her experiences. Um, and, and she's, she's easy to listen to the, it doesn't feel like an hour and a half. It just feels like you're talking with a friend. Yeah. I'm catching you up after not seeing them for a while. That's what the whole movie felt feels like. And I think it, um, I probably could have listened to more of it. So yeah, nine out of 10. Um, I give it 10 out of 10 because it's one of my favorite things to watch. I watch it almost every year. Um, just, just her storytelling. I love, I love the story. I love the storytelling. Um, it still makes me laugh and it still makes me cry after all these years. And, um, I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think more people should watch stuff like this. Yeah. We'll put letting go of God in the jar next, next time we throw stuff in. I think I might have it. No, I have it on my list. I, I, I didn't want to put, I don't want to put certain things in the jar before we see other things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's waiting. It's waiting in the queue. Like watching Shrek two before <laughs> watching Shrek. <laughs> Even though that like did work out for us. Right, yeah, yeah, you're right. But it almost it could have not. It's like putting crank two in before we right. watch crank one. <laughs> there's there's vital information we haven't we haven't figured out there. Um you can watch them separate, but but you you kind of have all of this backstory that feeds into that story as well. Um so whenever she references stuff, you know what she's referencing. Um, but yeah, this, this is, this is a monologue that I would definitely, if I were to develop a monologue would kind of model my monologue on, um, maybe expanding, uh, you know, I tend to ramble on and on so I can expand as much as I possibly can. But, um, I kind of I I know exactly what you're saying with with there are there are sections where it just it feels like it just moves on really 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 quickly. Um and the only real pause is after after he dies, after Mike dies. And she goes and she drinks and she lights the candle and stuff and, and I think that would be a good um a good place to describe um, the funeral or the funeral arrangements and and stuff like that, like like she actually does in Letting Go of God, she describes stuff like that. Mm. I would be interested to hear that then. Look forward to hearing that mm. when we eventually do get to it. But yeah, I think I'll have to yeah find a creative way to let you guys watch it. We'll have to have a watching party or something. Yeah, that'd be all right. Be good. Well, next week. We are having our great friend Karina back to talk about Kill Bill Volume 2. Volume 2. Volume 2. I'm excited. I'm glad we're able to watch it because it seems like we just... When did, how long ago was it that we did it? It feels like it wasn't too long ago. Um, Was that October? November? I think so. And yeah. we were remote. Yeah. I that. Well, I'm glad we're doing it again because I, uh, I was excited to watch the second one right after that. So that'll be fun. Yeah. So we're going to do more hayas uh, and karate chops and uh, five finger death punches. Into coffins. Coffins. Coffin punch. 
Didn't mean to spoil that for anybody who hasn't seen Kill Bill Volume 2. Nice. <laughs> That's like a death metal. That's a lyric from a song. A guar song. Uh, Norwegian death metal? Yeah. Lords of Chaos? Yeah. I want to throw that on my list. Oh, God. Maybe down the line. We'll talk about how it has to do with Trump. Oh, God. <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with Trump. All right. Next week, Kill Bill Volume 2. We'll have Karina pick from the jar next week. Yeah. 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 That'll be fun. Pick our next. Well, All right. Cool. Have a fantastic week and practice your five-finger death punches. Yeah. Yes. That is what it's called, right? I'm not just saying the band, I, right? Like, they named their band after that, right? I don't know what you're talking about. I need to look this up because I don't want to look What's like a What's a five... Fool. Is that like Freddy got fingered? Yo, I think I'm a moron. No. I think I'm an idiot. Because you only have four fingers. How can there be a five finger? Oh, I'm such point? an idiot. It's okay. I'm a dummy dumb. Hey. Hey, Blake. I'm so sorry. Blake. It's the five point palm exploding heart death. Po- no. Five point palm exploding heart technique. No, that's what she does to Oh, you're Bill. right. But Bill's dead. She has to kill all the other ones. That's why Kill Bill Volume 2 why. doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why I Because there's no more Bill. She's already done Kill Bill. Are you saying Volume 3, you mean? Volume 2. She's already killed Bill at the end of Volume 1. Why did they need to kill Bill Volume 2? Maybe kill the other people, volume two. Then kill Bill in volume one. Yeah. The end. Oh, no, he doesn't. Uh uh. She kills him at the end of two. Yeah, I've been saying, I always. Okay, I need to make a major. She she kills uh, uh, Ren at the end of one. Yeah. Okay. I need to make a major correction for my entire life. We, I I don't know why I assumed that the band Five Finger Death Punch was named after the Kill Bill Volume 2 attack, but what, I must have got it wrong. What is it named after? I don't know. They're dumb. Some kind of fruit, <laughs> fruit punch? Fruit punch? Like, Maybe. Maybe they just thought it sounded Kool-Aid? cool. Kool-Aid? I'll tell you what. Out of any band that I've worked with, that lead singer is the fucking meanest most asshole piece of shit i've ever met in my life oh really yeah oh. but lo- knowing him he'll probably track me down and beat me up no he a won't five beat finger t- death he punch. won't beat you up because you just call me on i'll beat him up thank you i'll bite him's face off thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but the rest of the band was nice the rest yeah. of the band is very nice he's just an asshole mm. okay have a good week <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs>